Hey everyone, Chris here. For today's bonus episode, I will be reading the first chapter of my book, Heart and Soul Fist. It's a book about Jane Choi, a high school student who also fights spirits. If you've been on the fence about reading the book, or you know someone who might like it, now is the time to get it, because from June 15th, 2020 to June 19th, 2020, you can get on Amazon for absolutely free. If you don't have a Kindle, there are apps for your phone, tablet, or computer. Or if you email me during those dates, I can send you a PDF. Just send it to chris at sillzeromedia.com. Sillzeromedia.com also has the link to the book in Amazon. I want to thank you all for being listeners and to all of you who have already bought the book. I've had a dream of being a professional author and storyteller for a long time, and these are the first steps. If you end up reading it, uh, please leave me an honest review. Like podcasts, book reviews heavily affect where things show up in the algorithm, and the more reviews I have, the better chance I have of being found. Also, there are book promotion websites I want to use, but they require me to have a certain number of reviews. Even if you don't get the book or listen to this episode, thank you for listening. We'll be back with more of Clicking Cats very soon. Heart and Soul Fist, Chapter 1 So there I am, 17 years old, completely oblivious that my life is going to change forever because of a marriage proposal at breakfast. But to understand any of this, you need to understand my family. Jane, eggs! The morning started the same way every morning has started since I was nine. I got up at 5.30 and worked with my mother to crack eggs and slot bread into her eight-slice toaster. I'm sipping coffee while I wait for the toast. You shouldn't drink coffee. You'll stunt your growth, my mom says. At 5'9", I'm not sure I need to get much taller, but I mutter, yes, I'm uh, anyway. Mom is originally from South Korea and prefers the Korean word for mom. I sip more coffee. She sighs. Pears, Jane. By the time I'm done washing the pears, the thudding of the choy men begins. My four older brothers stumble to the breakfast table. Henry is 19, Peter, 21, James, 23, Daniel, 25. All of them are tall and muscular. They resemble each other pretty closely, so they had each adopted their own hair and beard style over the years, like some sort of Korean boy band. They fall into their seats and wordlessly fill their plates. Good morning, all, a mellow voice calls out. Dad. He is an aged and tired version of the Choi brothers. He is still strong, but with thin hair, wrinkles around his eyes, round glasses that needed some updating, and a graying push-broom mustache. Hi, Dad, I say. Good morning, Jane. Thank you for breakfast, as always. Dad leans into the thank you, looking over his glasses at his sons. There's a unified, half-hearted thank you from my brothers. So, what's everyone got going on today? Dad asks. He's met with the sound of chewing until Daniel stands up. Actually, I have something important going on. Amma, can you come in here? I look at Dad, who shrugs. Emma comes in, wiping her hands on her apron, looking irritated. Lunch has to be packed, Daniel. What is it? 
I'm asking Hannah to marry me tonight. Mom lets out a cry of surprise and rushes over to hug her eldest son. Dad laughs and yells congratulations. The brothers slap his back and nod their approval. Hannah is great, and she'll be a great addition to this family, Dad says. Tonight, you said. Do you have a plan? Yeah, I do. But I looked at the list, and I'm supposed to be on patrol tonight, and... Don't worry about any of that. I'll get it covered. You just tell us what you need, and we'll be there for you. Or not there, Dad says with added emphasis to the rest of his sons. Emma is still hugging Daniel. Marriage. Are me and my brothers really getting old enough to get married? I'm not old enough, but they are. And that's how it's always been. When I was learning to write in cursive, they were learning to drive. They got to use real swords while I was still in the kids' class. And they got to go on patrol and fight spirits while I did my math homework. That's my family. Loving but overworked parents, four older brothers, and me at the end just waiting to catch up and start my own life. But at the moment, I'm kind of relieved I'm the baby. Daniel is plenty old enough to get married, but marriage is so serious. I am nowhere near ready to be thinking about marriage. Heck, I haven't even been on my first date. I finish eating and get up to clean the egg pan while the boys continue their planning. I expect Emma to be berating me for not moving faster, but she isn't. Instead, she's staring out the kitchen window into the backyard. I look over her shoulder, wondering what she's looking at. What's up, Emma? I ask. Everyone is growing up so fast, that's all. She turns to face me and set her hands on my shoulder. I'm surprised, especially after I see her face. Her expression is completely unreadable, but I feel dread twisting up in my stomach. Emma, what's wrong? Nothing, nothing. Just know that I love you very much. Your father is going to take you to school this morning, and he has something important to tell you. Okay. And he has to tell you, so don't let him leave without telling you. Okay. You can't let him chicken out of it, Jane. He has to man up and take responsibility for all of this. Okay. Now I'm really confused. Confused and worried. But the morning has to go on, as it always does. I leave my mom in the kitchen and get dressed for the day, loading up my messenger bag for school. I meet my dad by his electrician's truck and get in. Are you hungry? Dad asks as we turn out onto the main road. We just ate, I point out. Oh, right, Dad says. He swigs coffee out of a thermos. The radio is on. The news is playing in the background. He lowers the volume, then raises it. Then he turns it off. You know I love you very much, right, Jane? Yeah, I must have the same thing this morning. Oh, she did. Did she already tell you then? Dad asks, hope rising in his voice. She told me you had something to tell me and to not let you chicken out. Oh, he frowns and glares at the red light in front of us. That woman and her sneak attacks. She's too crafty for her own good. When you get married, Janie, don't manipulate your partner. Just tell them what you feel. Shouldn't you be saving your marriage advice for Daniel? 
He looks uncomfortable and distracted. Which means if I ask him for a favor, I might get a yes out of him. Speaking of Daniel, you know, if you need someone to cover a patrol, I can do it. I know I'm not supposed to go by myself until I'm 18, but I've gotten a lot more skilled over the last year. I can handle it. You have to let me grow up sometime. This isn't going to work and I know it. I'm going to get the not yet, Jane. You have more training to do. Wait until you're older speech. Except I don't. Dad just sits there, nodding to himself. I feel a little spark of hope. Yeah, yeah, you are getting older, aren't you? I guess this is okay. This is going to be fine. So I can go on patrol? I say, trying my best to play it cool. What? Oh, no, you can't. You have plans tonight. I do? Dad pulls the truck over and looks at me. You're going to marry the guardian of the two worlds. There is a spirit world. The spirit world exists parallel to the mortal world, like two sides of the same coin. One cannot exist without the other, and what happens in one affects the other. Over 150 generations ago, there was a great conflict that threatened to destroy both worlds. That conflict was ended by a great and powerful guardian. The guardian's ability to maintain peace and order between the two worlds was so beloved that the guardian passed their power to their child. Since then, the power has passed from parent to child, along with the title Guardian of the Two Worlds. People who are connected to the spirit world, like me and my family, just call them the Guardian. I think about all of that information because it's the only thing stopping me from throwing up, or throwing a punch, or both. I'm gonna get married? Today? I'm surprised at how composed I am. My dad is pulled over and his truck idles at the side of the road. He makes a show of checking for other cars, then clicks on his blinker. Dad, come on, I say, grabbing the wheel. Amma said to not let you chicken out, and now I'm really freaking out here, so you need to explain. He sighs. Ah, you're right, sweetie. I'm sorry. I, I just don't know how to start. I clench my fists in anger. This isn't fair. He isn't allowed to be sad and uncomfortable about this. I'm the one who's apparently getting married. Dad! His name is Andrew Clark. His mother is the Guardian. You remember her, don't you? I met her four years ago, and she would be impossible to forget. She was tall, strong, and confident, with dark curly hair and awesome muscular arms and shoulders and wore these interesting animal furs decorated with horns and teeth. She is known as the Huntress Guardian, and she definitely looks the part, especially with the way she wields her famous spear. I didn't know she had a kid. I guess that makes sense, though. The Guardian power has to be passed on, I say. You actually met Andrew a few times. You played together when you were little, uh, but I guess you wouldn't remember that, Dad says. But good. Great. You understand? No, I do not understand. I still don't know why I'm marrying him, or why you think it's okay to just marry me off without asking. Uh, right, yes, I should clarify a few things. 
you aren't guaranteed to get married. You're just an option. An option? Listen, sweetie, a lot of this was sort of out of my hands. It was a very important clan decision. The clan. The Choi's are your textbook Korean-American family on the outside, but we have a secret. We are members of the Haruk clan, an ancient order of warriors dedicated to defending mortals against the forces of the spirit world. Not that all of the spirit world is dangerous or evil, but sometimes things get out of hand and the Guardian can't be everywhere. The Haruk do their part in keeping balance between the spirit and mortal worlds. Maybe I'm hungry after all, I say. What? At least some coffee? Maybe we can sit down and talk about this not in the truck? Dad looks relieved and puts the truck into drive again. Twenty minutes later, we're at the diner, sitting in the vinyl booth with a pair of white coffee mugs steaming in front of us. I slowly add cream and sugar to give me time to process what is going on and piece together what I know about the Guardian. 82 and 101. I hear those numbers a lot whenever the Guardian is mentioned. The Guardians are numbered by... I forget which clan it is. Kriri? Saihoshi? It doesn't matter. The point is that one of the clans numbers the Guardians for historical record keeping. The 82nd and 101st Guardians were also members of the Haruk clan, which is why I've heard those numbers so much. Those guardians were extremely important to the Haruk clan because they had invented something. Technique? Philosophy? I can't remember because I've never been taught their secrets. I do know that other spiritual clans have guardians in their lineage as well, and it's considered a great honor for your clan to have a guardian in it. Well, a great honor back in the day when a woman's only job was to marry a prestigious man. It comes down to this, Jane. Andrew doesn't want to be the Guardian, but he doesn't have much choice. From what we've been told, he's already had his 16th birthday, but none of the Guardian power has started to transfer yet. He doesn't have the desire or the talent to do the job, and that's very dangerous for the balance between the two worlds. So to make sure the world is safe, he needs to have a child as soon as possible, I say, the realization clicking into place. Ah, yes, I suppose that's one way to look at it. But I'm not trying to be a grandfather just yet. <laughs> he tries to laugh. I give him a cold, deadpan stare. His smile vanishes and he clears his throat. <clears throat> Marrying a guardian would mean the child would be a guardian, which would be a great honor to the Haruk clan. But there's more. The Haruk clan offered to protect Andrew. So if you got married, you wouldn't have to have children right away. You could finish college, or start a career, do whatever it was you wanted. Whatever I want except not marry him. You don't have to, Jane. I told you, you're an option. The Archezi clan also offer the same protection. And one of their daughters as a candidate for marriage. What is this? Some sort of spirit world dating contest? You know how it is with the clans, Jane. It's a little out of touch with the modern way of doing things, I know. But so are the Haruk clan arts, and you appreciate those for what they are, don't you? That's different, Dad. I know, I know. 
The clan needed someone to offer, and you were the only one who was the right age. The clan needed us. What was I supposed to do? You were supposed to choose me. Me over the clan every time. Dad slumps over and stares at his coffee. I'm pissed, but I also know that Dad's in a tough spot. Dad loves the clan. I love the clan too. And part of that was because I know how much my dad loves it. And I know he loves me. But dad just doesn't have it in him to defy the clan. It's not who he is. I sigh. What do I have to do? Have a meeting with him, dad says. That's it? An odd smile spreads across dad's face. Well, the clan leaders wanted you to do more, but your Amma talked them out of it. All you have to do is meet him once. I picture my mom berating the clan council until she got the best possible deal. The thought made me laugh, which made me realize how tense I was. I stretch my arms high above my head and roll my shoulders, trying to relax. I can do that, I say. Really? Sure. It's just a meeting. And if the Archezi are sending a girl, she can marry him and the world will be safe, right? Marrying for power sounds like an Archezi thing to do. Jane, Dad admonishes gently. I'm not wrong. No, I guess not. The diner waitress asks if we want anything else. I order two slices of pie, one cherry, one peach, to go. Dad pays the bill when she comes back with it to go boxes. I'm sorry I didn't tell you earlier, he says as we get up. If you think you're going to get out of this with pie, I say. He winces. Maybe it's time to think about getting you a car, he suggests. It's a start, I say. That does it for the first chapter. I hope you enjoyed it and are curious about Jane's next steps as she balances love, friendship, family, and punching spirits in the face. In the meantime, if you have anything you want to tell me, hit me up on Twitter at IngDaydreams or the show Twitter, SilZeroChris, that's S-I-L-Z-E-R-O, just like the website, SilZeroMedia.com. Support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash And until next time, may the force be with you.